Hi, I'm Johanna Ferreira, content director of Pop Sugar Juntos. Juntos is all about celebrating Latin A culture, pride, our many intersectional identities, and joy. Thanks to support from Prime, there's so much to get into over at Juntos this month. From conversations with the Latin A minds behind our favorite new movies and resurrected TV shows, to thoughtful celebrity commentary, and exclusive interviews with some of the biggest Latin music artists today. And it doesn't stop there. Get more of the music, movies, and shopping you love on Prime. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more of whatever you're into from streaming to shopping. And get all of our latest coverage at PopSugar.com slash Juntos. Con amor, Johanna. Welcome to Switched On Pop. I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. A little over a year ago, Nate introduced me to the fact that Willow Smith absolutely rocks. At only 22, Willow has released six studio albums and shows off a lot of musical breadth. Her recently released album, Coping Mechanism, is the heaviest, hardest-hitting work she's made yet. And as someone who formerly played a lot of loud power chords on guitar, I wanted to speak with Willow about the making of this album. So here she is. I am Willow Smith. Willow, you had a huge success in 2021 with Meet Me at Our Spot. Yes. You wrote a song about catching a vibe that literally caught a vibe. Yes. Now you've got a new album, Coping Mechanism, that has a much heavier, sometimes darker sound. What's the story that led up to the creation of Coping Mechanism? You know, I, with Lately I Feel Everything, you know, I had always wanted to make a rock-inspired album. And even in my first album, Artipithecus, most of the songs were guitar-driven. On my second album, the first, I had a song called Human Leech. You are a human leech! That was like seven-string guitars. and like growling vocals in the background. And even in Willow, there were some like psychedelic rock influences. So rock and the guitar have always been kind of my inspiration. But with Coping Mechanism, that was the first time that I really wanted to mix my love for like metal the harder side of rock with like ethereal sounds because I had done a lot of like big harmonies and beautiful melodies but I had never really I mean I guess lipstick off of lately I feel everything was a song that kind of had those like big operatic melodies those big harmonies it wasn't as hard it wasn't as dark but that was kind of like a bridge into this new area. 
yeah, I just wanted to go in a weird way. I wanted to go prettier and also uglier than I had ever been before. And, and I feel like I did a pretty good job. <laughs> For Coping Mechanism, you collaborated with the producer and guitarist Chris Griotti. How did you all get together and how did the album begin? I had done a session with Youngblood, which was amazing. We did a song called Memories Together, and I had met Chris in that session. Chris Griotti is a bubblegum pop metal sorcerer musical wizard, (laughs) and we just clicked. There are some people who are meant to be business partners. There are some people who are meant to be siblings. There are some people who are meant to be lovers. And there are some people who are meant to make music. So we got into the studio and we're just, we're bouncing off ideas and he's just playing riffs. I mean, I walk in and he's just holding the guitar and he's playing different things. And I'm like, oh, I like that. Maybe a little bit less like this. Maybe put that riff in the beginning. Maybe we do whatever, whatever. And we're vibing really, really strong. Yeah. Face to face, just guitar and two people. And then we start putting things in the computer. And once we started putting things in the computer, I was like, hmm, okay. Um, I kept on telling him, I'm not making an album. I don't want to make an album. I just want to have fun because I had just put out Lately I Feel Everything. And I was just like, I don't really want to do another album so, so soon. And it happened pretty darn fast, yeah. way faster than I, than I anticipated. Tell me about that first song. The first song we did was Why. I was writing Chris. He was cutting up some drum loops. What's really, really cool is that he has a friend who is a really amazing drummer who sends him a bunch of live drum loops. And so everything is live which is really, really cool. But then he cuts up the live drum loop. What is the vibe of why to you? Like when, you get in, when you're getting out of that room, what are you feeling? What is the emotion that you all conjured in that first day? Because I didn't really know how it was going to go, I just kind of wanted to not get too deep. I mean, my, my perception of not too deep is... I don't want to keep feeling alone Isolation got me going psycho I don't want to keep feeling alone Isolation got me going psycho I just want to, I just want to stop asking myself why I just got to stop asking myself why That sounds like a down chorus Hmm. Which is something that I had never really done before I was kind of nervous about it Because I was like, oh, people are kind of going to get bored Like But then the verses come and it's like, I just am screaming. When that breakdown happens, that's one of my favorite parts of the song. And because everything else was very emotional, that kind of just brings it right into almost like a classic rock metal moment. I still wasn't convinced I was going to make an album, even after we had finished that first song. And then we got together again a couple weeks later, and we made Maybe It's My Fault. 
It made me rethink everything that I had said before. This... Yeah, what changed? How I like to make albums, I never go into the studio saying, I'm going to make an album, let's go. I never do that. Hmm. I always am like haphazardly in the studio. I, you know, uh, collabing with different people, going in by myself, whatever, whatever. And there's always one song that is the mother of the album. Like for Lately, I Feel Everything, Transparent Soul was the mother of that album. From that song was birthed all the other songs. This song just needs to have a bunch of kids, and that's the album. That's how I think about it. There seems to be some kind of larger truth to that process of being like, I'm just doing this for fun. Something is happening. Do you have to ignore the pressure of the larger project in order for that just sort of magical thing to happen? Once I have the seed, once I have the mother song, it's all turned into excitement because now I know exactly what I'm doing. So there's a, there's like a, a switch that flips. 100%. And maybe it's my fault was that song. And I was like, wow, this this is the mother track. This is This is the one that I want all of the other songs to kind of take the DNA from. What is that DNA? That DNA is the kick-ass, hard, dark guitars with the unexpected, emotional, and kind of creepy main vocal and harmony. What role has heavy music played in your life? I mean, it reminds me of my childhood, weirdly enough. The, some of the first concerts I ever went to were metal concerts. It's very close to my heart, and it's just badass. That's really how I feel, to put it plainly. And that was always a vibe that I really enjoyed with the Deftones. The spookiness of the vocal, I really wanted, and the harmonies even, I really wanted to be inspired by Radiohead. I was listening to a lot of Straight Line Stitch as well. And Kill Switch Engage. Lamb of God. In an interview with NME, you said that you'd like to work with Les Claypool of Primus. Oh my goodness, yes. Oh, yes. Lacquerhead is fantastic. Lacquerhead. Yo, I love it so much. But okay, but that's besides the point. I was listening to a lot of different things and I just wanted to kind of put it all together. Maybe It's My Fault becomes sort of like the parent of the rest of the record. So that song comes along. Yeah. What's going on in your head? How do you arrive at, we need to keep doing this and this is going to birth many children? Because I kept on saying I wasn't making an album. And so then I looked at him and I was like, I think, I'm make, I think we're making an album. And Chris cracked up laughing and I was like, <laughs> and I was like, well, here we go again. 
And so, yeah, it was really that simple. It was really that simple. He was he was waiting for me to wake up to the I wake up to the truth of the matter, which is that we were doing something brilliant. And yeah, I just looked at him and I was like, well, I guess we're making an album. Calling all female runners, it's time to lace up and join Team Milk. Since the 2022 New York City Marathon, Team Milk has sponsored female marathon runners nationwide, providing support and shining a spotlight on their unique stories, perseverance, and drive to go the distance. Why milk? Dairy milk is an excellent nutritional ad for both marathon training and recovery. Milk contains 13 essential nutrients, including high-quality protein, making it a crucial component of a training diet. Plus, it's one of the best beverages for hydration, even better than water. The same electrolytes that are added to many of your favorite sports drinks are found naturally in milk. And in 2024, Team Milk is taking the next step to empower female runners by launching the only women's marathon in the U.S. designed for and by women. Built to be accessible, empowering, and community building, the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon will take place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16, 2024. You can learn more and register for the marathon at everywomansmarathon.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Your music contains a lot of multitudes. It has a lot of different vibes that it plays with. Rock itself contains multitudes. Yes, it does. And that's what I want people to understand. I feel like we're stuck in this kind of like pop punk world where it's like people called lately, I feel everything a pop punk record. But if you listen to it, the only pop punk songs on that record are Gaslight and Grow. Transparent Soul, it's raw, but I wouldn't necessarily call it pop punk. Lipstick. Don't save me. All of these different songs are like, they have almost an operatic feeling to them. They have almost like, it's, it's way more like musically complex than pop punk. And there's classic rock, there's psychedelic rock, there's drone rock, there's all these different kinds of rock, exactly like you're saying. And I want people to realize that, like, we can open our eyes to all of these different multitudes of rock, just like you said. Like, I think about a song on your latest album, like, Hover Like a Goddess, Mm -hmm. where we have jazz chords. Yeah. We have ska. We have garage rock. Totally. 
When we made Hover Like a Goddess, I was like, yes, this is the kind of music that I want to make. One of the things that stands out to me on this album is that your vocal goes to so many different places, often within a song or even within a section of a song. Yeah. So that when we're listening to a song like Curious Furious, for example, we get Hushed Willow. I always knew there was an order to this. We get like really pointed in your face, Willow. And I'm taking this adventure on my own. We get screaming to the point where you're like, I don't know if she's holding it together, Willow. Exactly. Yes. Yes. How do you approach your vocal performance? So in order to really explain that, I have to take it back a little bit. When the pandemic started... I went into training mode. I was training super, super hard on my vocal, getting very technical with all of the bad habits that I had gained over the years and really trying to like unravel and then reconstruct my vocal again. For a while there, I mean, I just kind of hit a wall. I was like, my voice isn't doing the things that I want it to do. And I need to work hard to to get it to a place where it can accurately express what I'm trying to say. And while I was in that process, I was recording Lately I Feel Everything. You can kind of hear me trying to come out of my vocal shell in that album a little bit. But during Coping Mechanism, while I was recording Curious Furious, I was kind of holding back a little bit. Like, I was like, okay, I want the lyrics and the content to be the shining star here. I always knew there was an order to this. The wind in the trees whispering mathematics. The wind in the trees whispering mathematics. That's one of my favorite lines on the album. I think that's just fantastic. During the verses, I, I kind of just wanted to let to let the content, let the lyrics be the shining star and just kind of hold back. But then when it the furious part comes in with I don't want to start All the verses before that were me being curious and having kind of that compassionate, warm, kind of feminine approach to it all. But then I'm just like, fuck this. I'm sick of trying to learn all of these things that are causing me so much pain. I don't want to start a fight. I don't want to I don't want to resist life. I don't want to resist ultimate truth, but I kind of want to because I I'm really angry about about what's happening in my life right now. You change your vocal register in how you approach singing that line. 100%. But that was to personify or to exemplify rather the emotional sentiment of the line. And I'm taking this adventure on my own Walking through a darkened forest Going home curious, furious I 
That's a lot of how I approached my vocals on the album. What is the sentiment calling for? What's the emotion here? Yeah. And how do I accurately portray that in the vocal? So it's like, yeah, I'm super chill. I'm trying to be patient. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to allow this, but now I don't want to allow this anymore and I'm over it. And at the drop of a dime, I'm just like, I'm sick and tired. You know what I mean? When things are feeling really heated, there are moments where your voice almost cracks, where it's at its edge. Mm-hmm. But as I'm listening to the song, it's clear that, oh, yeah. You're... I'm at my emotional edge. Yeah. As well. You, you can, you can re-record and comp a vocal as many times as you want, but you want the crack. Oh, no, the crack. Okay. Specifically on the... I don't want to but you're not That's just what I like. The like... That specific part? Yeah. So this is the thing. It's a little bit easier for me to sing it straight without the crackle, if that makes any sense, without the dirt on it. Dirt in your voice is unhealthy. Like if you use too much rasp in the wrong way, you can truly permanently injure your voice. 100%. So what what I like to do is start with that pretty plain foundation of like, I'm reaching the note in the healthiest strongest way that I possibly can. There were two takes of that line where I did it straight. And the the take that we used was where I kind of pushed it a little bit and put just threw some dirt on it because I was like, in order to really express what I'm emotionally trying to say, I need to go outside, grab some dirt and eat it. You know what I mean? And then sing the line again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So for, for a lack of better term... But yeah, you're completely right. Like that was a very calculated and thought out and intentional thing. I mean, me and Chris even had a talk about it. Like, should we leave it clean? Should we do it so-and-so? And I was like, no, the emotion calls for it. And that's what led me throughout the entire song. And what led me throughout the entire album was following that emotional curve. You really push to the outer boundaries of vocal health and emotion on you're a stranger where you just go straight into screaming but there's actually a healthy way to scream you trained to scream i found out a way to scream where i don't lose my voice sure i i should train to scream but i kind of just found a way that works for me and i think everyone kind of has to do that and there are people that can teach you how to scream. I just haven't, I haven't met those people, but I should. I really should. Um, but it's working for me. It's been working for me. I haven't lost my voice. Why did you need to scream on You're a Stranger? The emotion of that song is anger, abandonment, and a deep sense of loss. I'm not the kind of person that likes to manufacture a moment. I like to go with the authenticity of the feeling. And that's just what it called for. I mean, if you listen to the lyrics, it paints a picture of a lost love, to say the least, and of just feeling abandoned. And I think when we feel abandoned, we, we, sometimes we get angry. You know, and I just needed to express that.
What do you hope that people are going to get from this album? I hope people understand that in order to become the most amazing versions of ourselves and the most mature and the most beautiful and the most potently honest versions of ourselves, we have to face the darkness and we have to look at the sides of ourselves that we don't want to look at. And we have to hold the hand of our scared inner child and our raging inner child and be like, I got you and I'm not afraid of you and I'm not going to ignore you and we're going we're gonna to work through this. I hope that it inspires people to look at their shadows and try to accept the parts of themselves that they haven't before. Switched On Pop is produced by Rihanna Cruz, engineered by Brandon McFarlane, edited by Jolie Myers, community management by Abby Barr, illustrations by Iris Gottlieb. Our executive producers are Hannah Rosen and Nishat Kurwa, a member of the Vox Media Podcast Network and a production of Vulture. You can find our show anywhere you get podcasts on our website, switchedonpop.com, and on social media at switchedonpop on Instagram and Twitter for as long as it lasts. And while it does still exist, I would love to hear what you're listening to in the world of Willow. We'll be back again next Tuesday. And until then, thanks for listening. Why do you run? Why does anyone? I always thought that runners loved running. And that's not the case. Most runners hate running. (laughs) But they choose to do it. In the new docuseries Running Sucks, brought to you by Team Milk, Abby Ayers learns why women runners everywhere are driven to go the distance. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. Team Milk is about fueling women's performance and helping them along their marathon journeys. You can sign up now for the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon, taking place in Savannah, Georgia, on November 16, 2024. Learn more and register at everywomansmarathon.com.